Luke chapter 10, verse 38, and it reads as follows. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Let's pray before we start. Dear God, thank you for gathering us here in your house. Thank you for gathering us here as an assembly of God, assembly of your believers, of your children, these brothers and sisters in Christ. Be with them all as we now hear your word and try to learn your word and make that word part of our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So last time we started our new series here that I titled Managing Life. Right? We talked about, generally, and this is my observation, and from hearing from you guys, I think your observation is similar, that it seems that life is getting more and more complicated over time, right? That as every year passes, you have more responsibilities, more things to worry about, more things to do, and you throw on top of that all these other things, right? Like technology that increases the pace of change, right? Cultural changes that make shake up everything that we have to deal with and react with. Life's not simple. Life's hard. There's a million different things we have to worry about. And I talk to a lot of you guys just in casual conversation with other stuff, and I hear your stories, and they're the same as mine, right? Your stories are about how Oh, you wake up in the morning, and then sometimes it's impossible to get these kids out the door, right? You try everything. Can't get the kids out, right? And you're so busy with your own stuff, too, and you want to make sure you get them to work on time and get them to school on time. And how can we get all these things done in the morning, right? So stressed, so crazy every single day, it seems like. Or I hear other stories from people, right? About how crazy maybe their work life is, right? Like, oh, it's busy time at work, working many hours. And then after that, I have to go home and deal with all my home stuff. And maybe there's family stuff. And there's this and that. And it feels like there's not even enough hours in the day to get everything done, right? And I hear some of you guys tell me about how late you guys sleep, right? Some of you guys talked about it on a... On Friday, right, when we had a little uh, discussion on Friday during the fellowship, right, that you guys are saying, oh, there's so much stuff to do, maybe sometimes the only way to take care of it is to get more hours in the day. So you decide, oh, don't sleep as much, right? You stay up late or you wake up super early just to get stuff done. There's so much stuff going on in everyone's life. It's not unique. It's everybody, right? And I told the college people last time, like, you think you're busy now just because you have like an exam or a test. Just wait till you get to, to real life, right? When there's even more stuff, where it's not just a test or whatever. It's making sure you pay your rent and make sure you pay your car payments and don't get fired from your job and your kids make it to school and get good grades and all these other things, right? The challenge is how do we balance all these responsibilities? Because somewhere among all this stuff, also is our relationship with God, right? And last time, 
we cut to the end, right? The conclusion, because it was just the introduction. We gave the answer, right? That the key to managing life starts and ends with our faith. Managing life is basically an exercise in faith. And the truth is that if we don't have faith, managing life is going to be extremely difficult and extremely stressful and extremely hard, and we might never solve it. But if we do have faith, we will have the tools to make the right choices in our life to make it that we live the life that God wants for us. We talked generally last time about this, this principle, right? That if we have faith, that faith informs our values, right? And if we have those values that God teaches us, we know how to make the right choices in every situation. And as we apply those right choices, that builds our character. And our character stays with us through our whole lives, that we continue to make the right decisions, that as we balance all these things, as we make the choices between all these things, we're on the right track. That's the idea. So today, we're kind of continuing. We're still kind of in the introductory section, right? We're talking about, well, what we're talking about, we're talking about using faith as our guide for all these things. We're talking about how do we organize all these things, the competing interests, the competing things pulling at our time, the competing things pulling at our money, the competing things pulling at ourselves. Well, I think the key is, the key is that when we're picking between the different responsibilities and all these things, is to have the right priority. So today we're going to talk about priorities. And in fact, we're going to talk about the priority because, well, let's think about what priority means in the first place, right? The word priority, as you can tell from the word itself and just looking at it, the root word of that is prior, right? You see in the first five letters, prior. And you guys know that the word prior means what? It means before, right? When something is prior to another thing, it's before. So when we talk about priorities, we're talking about something that comes before everything else, right? And a lot of managing life is just kind of setting the priorities, right? To say, which one comes first in the order? Right? We're trying to set our lives in order and say, okay, we're going to put it on top. Is this thing more important than this thing? Is that thing more important than this thing? Right? And it drives us crazy sometimes, right? My kids wake up late, so now we have a choice. Oh, we can either feed them breakfast or they get late to school, right? What's their priority? Sometimes it changes, right? Sometimes I feel like, okay, you guys will starve. I'm taking you to school, right? Sometimes we'll say, like, oh, we'll feed you and then you'll be late or whatever, right? But that's an example of a worldly example, right? to say that, oh, what are we gonna pick on these things? The world has its priorities, right? People care about different things. What do I value? What is the thing that I'm gonna put in my number one slot that I'm gonna strive to be going for? Some people, it's their career. Number one thing, I gotta advance, right? I'm gonna hop around, I'm gonna make sure I make it to the next level, the next promotion. This is my goal, to make more money, right? That's a worldly priority that some people have and they live their whole lives uh, doing that. I know people like that, right? That they went to school with me and I saw it. They were on a rocket ship, right? That they went out, they got the high paying job, they got promoted to the next level and now there's some big time guy at some big time company, right? 
That was their goal. They lived it out. That was their priority. They made that the number one thing in their life, right? And so what happened, right? You see with other people, right? You see some people like athletes. That's their number one priority. I want to win the championship, right? I want to be the best basketball player ever, right? And so that's what they do. They spend their whole lives. They're in the gym. They're shooting baskets over and over again, practicing their dribbling, massing their passing. Their whole life centers around that because that's their priority. That's their goal. And you see it among the champions. Who are the ones that win? The ones that have that work ethic, that whole goal, everything is toward that. But those, again, are all worldly things, right? What about Christians? Christians, we have to deal with all that stuff too. We have worldly stuff to worry about, and we have Christian stuff to worry about. And somehow in all that, we have to come up with the priority of what's more important. Should we do this or should we do that? We only have so many hours in a day, like I said. We can try to make more hours by saying let's not sleep or whatever, but there's still a limit to that, right? There's still a limit to say how much you can extend yourself, right? You know, you can only extend yourself so far. Like, example, like this, 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 this fabulous handout that I made, uh, this made, made for you guys, right? You can ask uh, Elaine, when was I working on this, right? I was working on it like at 2 a.m. last night, right? So there you go. I tried to extend it and have more time to work on it by staying up late night. And what happened? I fell asleep in the middle of the <laughs> And I had to wake up early in the morning and finish it, right? And print it for you guys. So there's always different things because, oh, yesterday we had to go do like other stuff. We had to go to... Uh, someone's birthday party and then I had to do like some work stuff and I had all these other things right competing priorities right but here's the question and here's the thing we talk about today and this is what will help guide our lives for a Christian what should be the top priority what should be the number one because guess what God does have an answer for that question there is an answer which should always be the number one priority in fact God tells us multiple times in the Bible. And it comes straight from the word of Jesus Christ himself. Right? If it comes out of Jesus' mouth, we ought to pay attention. We know that's the right answer, right? Jesus has the answer about how our priority should be. And he gave us this, and the Bible gives us this interesting story that helps us really illustrate it, I think. So, let's look at this story here. The one we read right at the start in Luke chapter 10. This is a story of two sisters, Martha and Mary. Martha and Mary Bethany. Yes, it's that famous Mary. Yes, it's the one who's, this, this family whose brother is Lazarus, the one who was raised from the dead, right? This family. So it says in the verses, it came to pass that Jesus is walking through their town, right, their village, and they, he was received by Martha into their house, right? Because Mary and Martha believed in Jesus. They called him Lord. They were believers. They were Christians. They, you know, they, want, they, they were excited to see him probably, right? Like this is their Messiah. This is Jesus Christ. Yes, amazing, right? And at this point in Jesus' ministry, he was really in like teaching mode. If you read the rest of the book of Luke afterwards, you'll see that this is where you get a lot of his lessons. He's teaching about all this different stuff, right? He's teaching about salvation, teaching about heaven, teaching about sin, teaching about Satan, teaching about greed, teaching about all sorts of stuff, right? So this is exciting. Jesus is coming to town. He's going to be teaching people. He's coming to their house to hang out. So he gets received into their house, and what does it say? It says that... Uh, 
it says that Martha, in verse 40, was cumbered about with much serving, right? She was busy trying to serve the Lord, trying to serve her house. Because you can imagine, Jesus come to my house. I better get ready. There's a lot of stuff I got to do, right? When you guys... When, me, when I, right, same thing as you guys, if you have a party at your house, you know what have, you have to do, right? Like, oh, I got to make sure my house is clean and looks neat, right? Clean up the bathroom so it doesn't look disgusting so people can use it, right? You got to make sure the kids' toys aren't everywhere so they don't step on it. You got to make sure you have food. You got to make sure you have drinks. You got to have a lot of stuff, right? Sometimes it's very stressful. Sometimes Elaine said that to me too. We're like, oh, I hate throwing these parties or family coming over. It's so stressful, right? I feel like it's so much work. And then not only is it work beforehand, you have work while they're there. You got to feel like you entertain them and make sure they're comfortable. And then after they leave, there's like a ton of work after. You got to clean up so many different things on your list, right? So many things you're hustling around, serving, working on. That's what you can imagine in your mind. What is Martha doing? You can imagine that's her right there saying, Jesus is coming. I better sweep the floor. I better make sure I got food. Make sure if he wants to have a nap that there's a mat or a bed ready for him. Make sure that if he's hungry, there's a snack for him. There's water to drink. Uh, to make sure my house doesn't look terrible because this is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in my house. She's running around all day doing this. That's what it says here in the Bible. What's the sister doing? Mary. In verse 39, it says this. Mary sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So while all this stuff is going around with Martha, she's getting ready. Jesus is already in the house. And he might be sitting somewhere or standing somewhere or whatever. And what is he doing? He's doing this normal thing that he's been doing in the book of Luke, and we'll see continue going on if you study more. He's teaching. He's sharing the wisdom that he has. And his wisdom he has is the wisdom of God. No one knows more than him, right? And when he shares that knowledge, the knowledge of everything, basically, there's Mary sitting at his feet, ready to learn, ready to hear, taking advantage of this situation. Because even in those days, Right? If she had gone to like the synagogue and tried to learn about the scriptures from some rabbi, it's very unlikely that she would be sitting at the rabbi's feet. Why? Because she's a woman. I mean, even back then, right? In Jewish traditions, rabbis, they, they want to teach the, the, the men, right? They get the first crack. They ought to be the ones sitting at the feet, right? But here's Mary sitting at the feet of the greatest rabbi of all the most knowledgeable one of all, the one that knows all the mysteries of the universe. And there she is, sitting right there, taking in his work. So that's the situation. You can imagine in your mind. On one side of the room, there's uh, Jesus and Mary just kind of hanging out, talking. And on the other side of the room, Martha running around as if she's a chicken with her head cut off, trying to get everything ready. Set it all up. They make sure the table's set. Everyone has a fork and a knife and a spoon, although they probably didn't have fork and knives and spoons back there then. But, you know, you get the idea, right? And then this happens. A strange thing, a ridiculous thing even, right? Martha's so busy and so flustered, she goes up to Jesus, who she knows is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and her Messiah and is so happy that he's here. And he, she says this, 
in verse 40. She says what? Lord, dost thou not care? Jesus, don't you care? She's saying, Jesus, he's, don't you care? And remember, this is the same Jesus that we know we cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us, right? Jesus, you don't care? That's what she's saying, right? Jesus, you don't care? You don't care what? Jesus, you don't care that my sister has left me to serve alone. She's like, look at her, the lazy bum sitting there doing nothing. And what does she say? She's giving Jesus the hint, right? Jesus, bid her therefore that she help me. You know, Jesus, I know you're trying to teach about salvation, and God, and the mysteries of the universe, but can you shut up and tell my sister to help me to set the table right now? I'm busy. I need her help. Sweep the floor, throw out the garbage. You know, we'll talk about salvation and all that other crap later, right? Sounds ridiculous now, does it? From our, from our hindsight point of view, that she was caring so much about all these day-to-day tasks that she's so flustered about, that she's literally telling Jesus, let's not care about that right now. Let's get to work. Come on, let's get to work. So how does Jesus respond to this? Jesus responds, verse 41, saying, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, right? She knows. Martha, you're worried about 15, 20 things right now and trying to get 15, 20 things done. But he says this in verse 42, but one thing is needful. You're worried about 15 things, 20 things, 100 things. Let me tell you this. There's only one thing you need. One thing. Thing. What does he say in verse 42? He says, And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You think those things are important, like setting the table, cleaning the garbage, doing all these things. But the one thing that's more important is what Mary's doing, is hearing me, hearing my words, the word of God straight from my mouth. Folks, That's our priority. That's the most important thing. Jesus himself said it. That's the one thing we need. You know, we have to do all those things too that Martha was doing. It's true. She was not doing anything sinful. She was not doing anything wrong. Everyone should take care of their house. Everyone should be a good host when people come visit them, right? Those things are good things and things that need to be done, right? If you never clean your house, it'll look like a pigsty and you'll get sick and have diseases and all that kind of stuff like that. But in this circumstance, Jesus points out to her this thing. That what you really need is the word of God. The Christian's priority, we have all those things too, right? In our lives, we talked about it. Give you an example, there's a million things I got to do to get ready in the morning. I have a million things I got to do in the office at work. A million things, take care of my family, right? But beyond all that, the number one thing should be to seek his word. Jesus talks about this again in the Sermon on the Mount, right? The famous verse, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. You guys have heard this many times, right? But seek ye first what? What's the first priority? The first thing Jesus says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God 
Not seek ye first, clean up your house. Not seek ye first, make sure you do good at your job and get promoted. Not seek ye first, make sure that everyone uh, washes their hands before dinner or whatever, or whatever the things that are worrying you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what? Then all these things shall be added unto you. Right? The context of that statement also is important. Two verses before, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Seeking God first and his righteousness is more important than even what do we eat. It's more important than what do we wear. Right? When you talk about this in a generic sense in the world, people will say the most basic things human beings look for is what? Food and shelter. Right? You've heard this millions of times, right? Jesus is saying that's wrong. The most basic thing is not seeking out the bread of the world. The most important thing is seeking out the bread of life. Right? What's the bread of life? Him and his word. If we have that, what does verse 33 say? Then all these other things shall be added unto you. Jesus is not saying that those things are important and you don't have to worry about them at all. What he's saying is that first and foremost, we need that foundation in our faith. That foundation, the same we talked about last time, right? (coughs) That we have our values set, that our priority is set, in his word and his alone. And once we have that, those other things take care of themselves, right? They will automatically do that, right? You're saying, oh, this is so important. I need to make sure I take care of my kids. That comes first of all. Any parent would say that. Kids is the most important thing. God says this. No, his word comes first of all. If his word is in your heart and you know it, we know this. His word teaches us that as a parent, you have to take care of your kids. You have to love your kids. You treasure them. And if you do that, what happens? You're going to take care of them. That's going to follow. That will logically follow from having God's word in your heart first and foremost. We're going to have struggles. We're going to have challenges. We still have to answer these questions every day about how do I prioritize all this other stuff. Right? What's more important for me to do today? Do I need to take care of my work project? Or do I need to take care of these things for my kids? Or do I need to take care of this thing for my wife? Or do I need to take care of things for my parents? Or whatever, right? We have those struggles, we have those questions. But the idea is that if we have God's word in our heart, first and foremost, just like what Mary was having in that story, then we get the answers, we get the guidance. And everything will follow from that. You know, Martha was tired. She was tired in that story, right? I can imagine working all day, cleaning the house, doing whatever. But the answer to her question of how to solve her tiredness wasn't to yell at her sister and say, come help me and maybe I won't be so tired. The answer to her tiredness really was to sit down right next to her sister to relax and listen to that word of God, to have that word of God inspire her and guide her and make her realize that, you know what? It's not that important that the table is super clean when Jesus sits down and eats there. It's more important that I hear what he has to say. 
Do we in our lives make it a priority to seek out his word? Do we? Sometimes it's tough. It's tough. Sometimes it's tough to make it even here on a Sunday morning. I'm just like you guys. Sometimes you guys see me when I'm speaking in the first half, rush in at the last second because I have to deal with, oh, here comes the kid at the last second. They decide now's the good time that I need to go poop, right? Now's the good time that I need to decide to go fight with my sister about, you know, some toy or whatever, right? Or now's the good time that I decide to remind you that, oh, I didn't brush my teeth this morning and can I brush my teeth before we leave, right? Happens all the time happens to you guys, right? But we have to have the heart to say, yeah, first and foremost, I'm going to be here to hear his word, for better or for worse, right? Every bit is part of it, right? That we share what we can hear, that you hear the message of God's word. Do we have the heart to say that I'm going to read his word? We don't have the Jesus coming to our house, physically in our house anymore, Right? But we do have Jesus in our house in terms of his word right here in the Bible. Do we say, yes, God, I'm going to spend time looking at this, hearing it, seeing it? I'll be honest with you guys. (coughs) That's never my first thought a lot of times. Part of me doing this series about managing life is not just for you guys. It's for me. I'm learning about this too because I see my priority. When I sit down... Well, sometimes I'm tired and thinking about what to do. My reaction isn't, let me see what God's word says. My reaction is like you guys. <clears throat> let me see what's on the news. Let me see what the sports score is, right? Let me see what's on TV. But can we make it as part of our lives to say, can we see what wisdom God has for me <clears throat> on a daily basis? Can we say we're going to make a time to hear what God has to say for me in this church? Can we make a time to say, hey, what does God have to say to me in like a fellowship or a Bible study? Some of us were talking about this just not that long ago about, hey, remember when we used to meet up for like a Bible study just randomly among like you and me or whatever, right? And he said, yeah, yeah. And what happened? Oh, we got busy, right? Sorry, we got busy. We got kids. And now on the weekends, I got to take them here and there or whatever, right? But you know, I was thinking about that. It's like, are those really like great excuses to not study the Bible? The answer is no. Of course we should still study the Bible even though we got all these things. Should it be something that we make time for? Should it be a, a priority that we have? Jesus tells us it should be the number one priority. So again, we have to do this. We have to do this. When we compare all the other things comparatively to hearing his word, all those things seem unnecessary. Because all those just follow. If we have Jesus, if we have his word, everything, everything, everything will fall from that. Starts again with our faith. That's how we do this, to make our priority. We got to have our heart in the right place, though. You know, some people don't. Some people don't. Some people say this, like, oh, you know, I, I love God, but I don't, I don't need to show up to church. I don't need to really read the Bible, right? Those people, I would say, their heart already is in the wrong place. They're not going to make the right choices and have the right priorities because their heart is in the wrong place. We need to have our faith. We have to remember, this is Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. Our faith is in him. Our belief is in him. When we know that, that's the way we can start having him as our number one priority, to have him as our guide. When we understand that, 
we can understand the second point, and this is what we'll talk about next time because we're running out of time, right? Because I'm too long-winded. We understand that we understand that God's in charge. This is what we learn, and we are merely His stewards, His servants, trying to act out His will. Our priority is know His word and live out His word, right? We recognize that He's the Lord of all, and that He's going to take care of all, right? All these things shall be added unto you. We recognize that it's not our worry. It's God's worry. It's not our time that we're to portion out. It's God's time. It's not our money that we're stressed out about. It's God's money. Once we recognize this, we have God as our guide to figure out all these stresses of life. How do I manage my time? How do I manage my money? How do I manage myself? Talk about it next time. when We have more time to go in detail about stewardship. But I'm going to wrap up by this. The famous verse right here, Matthew 4, 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? What has Jesus himself said? By every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Isn't that our goal? Our goal is to live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Let's pray and wrap up today. Dear God, we see from the story here of Mary and Martha... Jesus' answer for everything. When we talk about what's our priority, we have so many things. I know in my life I feel like I'm Martha more than I am like Mary, that I'm always busy running around trying to get this thing done and that thing done and the other thing done. But can we slow down for a second? Can we realize that we need to be like Mary to realize that there's something more important, that we need to put first your word? And if we do that, everything else will take care of itself. It's a secret that seems so obvious that's also so hard for all of us. Be with us in the future as we continue to study this lesson and learn more about how we can submit to you and your will. Be with this congregation as we go through the rest of this week that you may bless them and, uh, and take care of them before we come back next Sunday and worship you again. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.